Some of it on the way. Amen. <laughs> Some of us running up credit cards for kids who've been more naughty than nice. Amen, somebody. <laughs> and although it is not his birthday, we're celebrating his birthday. And if we are celebrating that he came, I think Jesus ought to get something during this holiday season. <laughs> Would you say amen? And so the Lord put it in our heart that we wanted to do something ridiculous. We said, why not during this holiday season when most of our money is spent upon ourselves, that we would use this season to lift the highest offering we've ever lifted, but not for a building, not for a boiler, but just as a response to the goodness of God. You didn't hear what I said. It is easy to give when you can see where the money is going. But can I help you out with something? When we give, no matter what the reason, no matter what the need, it is always an act of worship to God. And one of the things that I have learned is when my heart gets in line, my motives get right, then God has a way of blessing the smallest amounts, the biggest amounts. Can somebody testify here today that you, all, you, you had about more month than you had check, but because you were faithful to God and you gave him the praise for everything that you had and you realized that he gave you the power to get wealth. Some of you should be on disability right now. Some of you are on disability and you ought to give God praise because there are some people in this world that are sick that cannot obtain, do not have a government that will give them, a job that will give them money because they are injured. We are blessed. And so before we go forward, we want to share with you just a brief word about the motivation behind why we do what we do. We have several testimonies, three, I believe, or four that have been selected, handpicked today for your encouragement. So the star of today's show is Jesus, but his leading actors today will be uh, Craig Long and uh, Denise Marsh and Cheryl and Glenn who will come and you literally are going to be blown away when you hear what God has done in the lives of his people this year. I first want to set the platform and the stage for this by inviting you, if you would, turn with me to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six. We look forward to seeing you next week for communion. Our communion services will begin immediately following our first service at 9 o'clock. So at 1030, we'll have foot washing. And we look forward to opening the new year with our New Year's Eve service on December uh, the 31st right here at the church at 630. Amen. Special guest, Dewan Starling, gospel singer, will be here with us on that evening to help us bring in spiritually this new year. How many need a new year to start all over? Uh, listen, I don't mind a reset. I like to hit the reset button every now and then. Matthew 6, and now let's start at verse 19. And. See what the Lord has to say. Our Lord says here, he says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. The Bible says, for where your treasure is, 
And just so, you know, break it down. Some of us may think a treasure is some kind of spiritual gift, but treasure is money. (laughs) Where your money is, there your heart will be also. Let me read that one more time. Where your money is, the Bible is saying we can discover, we can understand as to where our hearts are also. As was stated earlier, the average American gives to any particular house of worship or church $848 a year on average. Give about $800 a year to to a church or whatever. But as I also stated, uh, during the Christmas season, we almost rival that number just by what we spend during the holidays. It is said by the website Money, Money Magazine that the average American spends $717 on Christmas in one month. As I'm doing the arithmetic, as Bill Clinton said, in my mind, I'm realizing that we spend for Christmas, the holiday season, starting with Black Friday, we spend, just, we spend a little bit more than the average national income in the United States. I want to be clear what we're saying here. We spend more during Christmas than we actually make or can afford, according to uh, these pundits and economists. The median household income in the United States is $50,000. How many of y'all make 50? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, $50,000 is the median income in the United States for a four uh, individual family dwelling. So if you have four people in your house, more than likely, the, the average, they say, is $50,000. Now, some of you are saying that's not me. I ain't, I'm not making that. Maybe you are. Well, the national poverty rate in the United States is 15%, all right? So understand this. Out of 100% of the people that live in the United States of America, only 15% of them are considered to be in poverty. Now, let me help you out here. Do you know what poverty is in the United States? I'm glad you asked. Poverty in the United States is considered to be the number of $14,000 to $23,000 a year in annual salary. Listen to what I am saying. If you live in the United States of America and you are considered to be the poorest of the poor, you make between fourteen dollars and $23,000 a year vis-a-vis Government uh, uh, subsidy, food stamps, unemployment. The average unemployment check is somewhere between $300 and $700. If you're not getting that, go check and see why you're not. What we are discovering is, is that in the United States of America, if you are the poorest of the poor, you are entitled at least to some kind of help from the system. Amen? So that, therefore, you are then a part of the richest, the 20% richest people in the world. Let me break that down one more time. If you are a part of the quote-unquote poverty group in the United States of America, then know that you are still a part of the 20% of the wealthiest people in the world. 
Look at your neighbor and say to them, I am rich. I just didn't know it. Your income is more than five times. Somebody shout five times. Your income, if you are the poorest of the poor, is more than five times the typical person that lives and breathes. The seven billion people that live on planet Earth are, are, are wishing, are coveting the poorest person in the United States of America. They consider them to be rich. Now, even if the poorest person in the United States tithe on their government check 20% of the money they get from the government, they are still, it's only dropped a little bit, they are still a part of the 24% wealthiest people in the world. Somebody shout, I'm rich, I just didn't know it. Here's a natural application that I want to make right now. It is therefore inappropriate, highly insulting, and misguided for somebody that lives in the United States of America to declare that they don't have any money. Or to say that they are poor, which is generally worse than poor. You can't even afford an OR, right? Even folk that live in the states that have student loan debt, credit card debt, other debts, cars, loans, mortgages, child support, alimony, you are still considered to be in the top 20% of the wealthiest people in the world. Now I want you to say, I am blessed. I just didn't know it. Now, the average household income in Ohio is uh, at a 27-year low. How many know I'm telling the truth there? It's at a 20, it's a, we, we, we're struggling here, right? We, 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 I mean, we're, we're, we're struggling with a measly old $46,000 a year on average. The average home in the United States of America, some in, 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 in Ohio, somewhere around dancing near $50,000 a year. Oh, oh, pray for us. In Africa, pray for us. In China, pray for us. In, in, the, in the South Pacific, I'll pray for us. In India, pray for us. In the ghettos, pray for us. We're struggling here. We have food stamps. Oh, Lord knows we're struggling. Even if we don't have health care, there's a free clinic that has to see us. And, 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 and if I drop... If I drop and fall and, and, and hurt myself and call 911, they, they will not look at me and ask me first if I have insurance. They at least have to work on me inside the EMT machine before they get me there. They, they still got to do something about pray for us here in Ohio. Oh, it is so difficult for us. What a struggle it is during this holiday season. It is therefore also inappropriate, inexcusable, misguided, insensitive for us to say, we don't have any money. I can dig in my couch and pull out a dollar. I can look through my car and find a quarter. 
Come on and hear some. And some of us, truth be told, some of you have gone in your closet. You want something you ain't worn in a long time. And, and, and listen, I'm going to be honest. The other day, I needed a little money for something, and I was looking around. And look, we're so paid, as poor as we are, that we can go and look through our closets, and we might be able to scrounge up $20. Even a student, any students in here today, who are so poor, don't have anything, have to eat ramen noodles and have to have to cook their food in a hot on a hot plate with a crock pot. Oh my! They, I mean, they're struggling, it, but they're in school, which means you can read, which means that you are therefore elite compared to sixty percent of the world where they don't even know how to read or have never been to school. Let me tell you why you're richer than seventy-five percent of the world. Number one, you have food in a refrigerator. You have a refrigerator. 75% of the world does not have a cooling box, a frigidaire. They don't have a refrigerator. You are therefore in the top 25% wealthiest people in the world. If you have clothes on your back, a roof over your head, a place, and look, I don't care where you go in the ghetto, you'll see ghetto kids with Jordans on. We poor. And, <laughs> oh, no, don't get, I'm not going to get on my social hobby horse. How you going to buy Jordans? And Jordan is so smart. I saw some on Facebook. Jordan is putting out the same shoes. He, your boy Jordan is sitting there just laughing and saying, I'm putting out shoes that came out 20 years ago. And I'm selling them like they just came out. And can I tell y'all a secret, y'all? They're selling them for more money than they sold them when I was a kid. I got some J's on. You don't even know who he is. You ain't never seen him play. But people, in the, people that don't got no money, they, they dress to a part. That's a hood mentality. And that hood mentality is even in the body of Christ. Many of us look better than we can afford. One of the things that we're starting a series in January called Possessed. And we're talking about how we are more possessed with our possessions than many of us are possessed even with God. Right? One of the things I realized is that I I got stuff in my house. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm just throwing the numbers out. If I sold the stuff that I got that I don't even need, I woke up this morning trying to figure out what I was going to wear. You cannot walk into your closet and figure out what you're going to wear and consider yourself poor. Well, some of you are saying, well, I got the same suit. But you had a choice of tie. You had a choice of underwear. You had a choice of a t-shirt. You had a choice of socks. You are therefore richer than 75% of the world because you can walk in and you have a choice. Now we're so poor in the hood. As soon as I drive in the Glenville Pastor, my phone starts buzzing because all the houses in this low-come area have internet service. We're so poor. We're so broke. Everybody got cable. 
You cannot be poor if you have cable. If your child has a video game, if you have an iPhone, you have a smartphone and you don't have a job and you're running around here saying you are poor. You cannot call yourself poor if you have a smartphone. Somebody shout, count your blessings. Uh, If you can attend a church or a synagogue meeting without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or death, you are more blessed than three billion people in the world. The only trouble you had getting here today was slipping and sliding through, through snow. But there are people right now, every day, who have to, who have to sneak and hide of which, when they're going to have worship and where they're going. They don't have church buildings. They worship in the basements of people's houses because they're in societies. Do not give them freedom of religion. I don't know about you, but we must admit today, as United States of Americans, we must acknowledge that we are blessed and we are highly favored to be in this country, the last people on earth that should complain that they cannot give unto God that which is due his name are people that have the freedom to have a microwave if you have never experienced the danger of battle every day the loneliness of imprisonment the agony of torture or the pains of starvation, you are more blessed than 500 million people in the world. If you have money in the bank, if your bank account is overdrawn, and you have a bank account, you are elite. Real poor people in the world don't have a bank account. They don't get statements from a bank They don't have banks where they are because they don't have the financial capability to be able to give anybody or hold anything for anybody. One of the things the Lord is teaching me, and this is not in my notes, but I'm going to say this, is Myron, shut, you complain, you complain about stuff in your life that are luxuries. Feel your boy. Nobody in here should ever complain about anything. Consider that you are, that you were not born in the bowels of Africa. Consider that you were not born in Haiti and live there now while you're, come talk to me in here today. Consider that God placed you, yes, in a ghetto, but you grew up in a concrete jungle called the ghetto where at least the racist folk that have taken everything you got at least give you government cheese and government peanut butter. At least you got some, come on. We, there should not be a breathing person in the United States of America that ever opens up their mouth to complain about we are blessed. Even if you are homeless, you can sleep on the street. That's housing. If you can sleep under a bridge, you've got something to protect you from the elements. And if you just get up off your behind and look, you'll find a shelter 
that would at least take you in. There is, oh, God, help me today. God has been saying to me, Myron, you are blessed beyond belief. Yeah, you got some debt. Yeah, you got this. Yeah, you got that. But you better, cons- you better thank your God that your children are in private school. You better thank your God that you know how to read. You better thank your God that you know how to count. You better thank your God that you know what, what your left hand from your right hand. Thank God that you can put these feet up and put them down. Thank God that your heart is still beating. Thank God. That you still can open up your mouth and give me protect him. We're bougie, spoiled, fat. We're fat cats. Let me tell you why. Because we have problems like this. Broken down dishwasher. Ooh. Pray for me. Folk get up in testimony service and say, pray for me. Why are we praying for you? Oh, oh, Arthur. I got arthritis in three parts of my knee. It's hereditary. Playing ball. I don't know. Any prayer requests? Y'all, y'all saints. Y'all, no, matter of fact, they ask for testimony. Who wants to give God praise? Well, I, I want to give the Lord praise. First giving honor to God who's ahead of my life and to my pastor, first lady. But I just need the saints to pray for me. I got up today and as I got out of bed, them children were driving me crazy. And, and then I had to go and deal with my husband. And, but did you just hear what you said? You have children. Ask the folk, not just in Newtown, but ask them in Sudan where their children are being taken as child soldiers. Pregnant women are being raped every day and they are ripping out, they are ripping out fetuses from the wombs of these pregnant women to send a message to the community that you will not fool with the IRA. You, you have children. I, now after that shooting in Newtown, I, I thanked God for the pleasant sound of my children fighting. I thanked God for the pleasant sound of their disrespectful voices. I thanked God for the pleasant sound of them complaining about what they did not have. And God turned my mind to what I do have. And I must admit, I'm blessed. Pray, saints. Why are we praying? My cell phone. Let's touch and agree. We need to believe God. We need to fast, y'all. Why? Because I, I ain't had my phone in, in about two days. My Facebook, I know, is blowing up. I, I just gotta, I just need my phone. I need new shoes. Why? Because my Air Force Ones that were so white and clean have three scratches on them. And I cannot wear them. Everybody don't know what I'm talking about. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You you can't wear Air Force Ones if they have one scratch on them. No, 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 no. They have to be crisp and white. And the minute they are, they are discarded as if they have no more value. When we live in a world where more than half of the people in the world don't have shoes at all. I need a new suit. Why? Well, 
well, you know, if I'm going to be up there leading the saints, and you know, I know some of the saints are having a problem with me. Let me tell you why I'm wearing these cardigans and dressing down. Oh, I can gear. Believe that. Don't get it twisted. Some folks try to come and Pastor, you need to, listen, understand. Your boy went, uh, let me just put it like this. Your boy went to Oakwood and Pine Forest. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, if you go to any of those schools, you're with people from New York, Detroit, Chicago. You see all the styles, and you see them at one place. If I, I, anybody know what I'm talking about? You go to those places, I'm telling you, you know how to rag. But one of the things the Lord told me is, he says, you're possessed by your clothing. He says, you got people coming in here off the streets that are insulted by your lofty robes and your lofty ties and your, and your, and, 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 and your, 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 what do you call them things that hold the, the butt, cufflinks. Come on, I'm not, listen, I ain't hating on it, but here's the issue we're getting at. If there was a call from the Lord, from God's people saying, let's give to the cause of Christ. And then I start saying, well, you know, I don't know. You know, it's just times are rough right now. I know me. I can't preach to you, but my confession is good for the soul. I do not hesitate when it comes to going out to eat. That's my thing. Some of y'all, I don't know what your thing is. I'm looking for restaurants. I know where they are. I know which ones are coming to Cleveland before they get here because I like to eat. I like to wine. I like to dine. By the way, there's a nice little spot coming over in Cleveland Heights called Piatas. You should try it. It's going to be real good. But I'm going to tell you right now, one of the things that God told me is, he says, when your stomach starts growling and you're really not that hungry because your butt can wait till you get home and eat the food that your wife told you you already have, but because you want to sneak out with Pastor Coxum and go out and eat at every restaurant in town, he says, guess what? It's going to show up on the bank statement, and then when I started, listen to me, when I started adding up all the money that I spend on eating out unnecessarily, and then when a call is made, let's give to the cause of Christ. Somebody's young person needs to go to school. I start saying, I don't have the money. One of the things that I have found out when I've had stuff shut off that I really don't need, like a phone, or had stuff taken away from me, stuff like a car, I have found out that I am very resourceful in finding ways to get lights on, to get a Phone coming to get air conditioned on. Let it be 80, 90 degrees in Tennessee. I ain't talking about Cleveland. Y'all don't know hot up here. I'm talking about down in the dirty, dirty south where the humidity is so thick. If it's 70, it feels like 90. And when the air condition goes off, I might be broke, but I'm telling you, I'll find, I'll tear the house up. I'll look for money everywhere and I will make sure that my air condition is on. Why? Because where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. Now I want you to understand what I'm saying today. I am not saying that there's anything wrong with looking nice. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice things. Your boy is going to have nice stuff, but I don't want nice stuff to have me. You know your possessions have you when you are more reflexive, reflexive, like, you know, you impulsive on the stuff that you want. But when there's a call, amazing at church people, we need to raise money for a boiler. $20,000. Boom. Get the heat on. Uh, we're, we're trying to reach for We're trying to reach families in the community. Uh, it's called 40 for family. And uh, we're trying to reach over a thousand families. God gave us 1300, but it took us, it took us six weeks to raise $30,000 for families It took us $20,000 in one day in a couple of hours to raise money for a heating system. 
Don't tell me that we are all about God. And first of all, we think that the money is ours. Tell the truth. We think that 10% is God's. I mean, we'll just at least admit that. But that the rest of it is ours. Excuse me. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. Yo, I love God. This is a statement. Dude, God just comes out of nowhere and invades our nothingness and raises his big hands, stretches it forth, bolts his fists, looks at us and says, I want to remind you what your greedy self. The earth is mine. And just in case you thought I was just talking about the planet and the fullness thereof. They and they that dwell there. In other words, I own you. I own the trees. I own the worms. I own the ants. I own the cockroaches. I own the flower in your cabinet. I own your car. I own your house. I own your children. I own your husband. I own your wife. Come on, talk to me in here. Saying, he says, it's all mine. But I am failing. I can't talk to you. I can talk to me. I am failing the possessions test. And what I am discovering is. Is that, you know, we sing those songs, you can't be God giving. And I see y'all, no, 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 no. No matter how you try. Okay. Okay, let, can, we, can we work with that? What that song is then saying is, is that if I try to get in a competition match with God on who can give the most, then I can't beat him. The reason why I can't beat him, because the more I give to him, the more he gives to me. Come on in here. This, this, this word right here is for folk that know I'm talking the truth. Can I testify? I have not been the wisest. I know you have been. With how I have handled money. Come on, come on. Don't get bored on your boy. Stay right here. Any honest folk in here? First of all, I must admit, I never got a legacy of wealth. I don't know what to do with money or how to. I'm learning now. I'm learning more and more. In spite of my mismanagement, living above my means, making dumb decisions, Do you feel me? I'm talking about dumb stuff. Let's not blame that on nobody else now. Anybody know what shopper's guilt is? You know you buy that new car? It smells good. Like the first month. When that payment hits. This is what the Lord is saying to us today. He is saying, look. Revelation 13. Can I tell you where where all this is going? There is a mass conspiracy by the devil to make us possessed by our possessions. We're so worried about being possessed by the devil. Wrong emphasis. In this country, it's going to be wealth. That causes many of us to be lost. Can I tell you why? 
in your, in your own study, read Revelation 13. This is probably one of the most prophetic utterances in the Bible. It tells us what the enemy is going to do in the last days to cause people to, re, to, to shift their worship from God to the devil. Can I tell you what he says? He says we will force them to worship the image. We don't have time to talk about that today, but hear that. He says this is how we will do it. Stay here. Come, come here. Come here. Everybody come here. Come here. Listen, listen, listen. He says we will cause them. Listen. You got to know where this is going. We will cause them to neither buy nor sell. Did you hear what I just said? Did anybody just catch what I just said? Did you get to get that? Man, when I saw that, I was blown away. You know what I just realized? The way that I relate to money now is going to determine the way I relate to it in the last days because the kind of pressure that's going to be put on us by the enemy is this. I am going to take away stuff. I'm going to tempt them to remove things from their lives. Seizure of properties, taking away monies, jobs, and bank accounts. And if you, if you compromise on your money now and how you treat it, there is no, I don't care what prophecies you know, what Bible studies you've been through. If you are struggling in the area of your stewardship and your money now, at the end of time, the beast says, I'll cause them neither to buy nor sell in preference to their worship to the beast. Last statement I'm going to make. You cannot go broke being generous to God. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. If you have supernatural debt, raise your hand in the air and wave it like you. I don't know about you, but some of my debt seem like it's supernatural. The minute one goes away, another comes back. I mean, like it resurrects itself, right? Huh? That, and it's called interest. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, can I tell you something? There are some of us in here, I'm just going to be honest. We don't have a lifetime to be able to get out of debt. Don't believe the hype. Now, I'm not encouraging you not to pay your debts because they will come get you. This is what I'm saying. In order to get out of the supernatural financial stuff you're in, you need to take some supernatural steps. What the worldly person will tell you is, is you can't afford to give. Ah. But see, God does not work on addition or subtraction. God works on multiplication. Oh, come on in here. Now, now, don't sit up here and say that to me because it sounds good. I'm talking about where are the folk out here who know what I'm talking about, who have taken a seed, who have planted it in God. No, not planted it to, to Edmonds, not planted it in the conference, but you realize that all of those are front men for God. And when I give to God, God never ceases to bless me. How do I know that? Because I've got lungs that are still operating. How do I know that? Because I've got sins 
that I have committed for 365 days that he has not counted against me according to what David said. He said, but with loving kindness and with mercy, he has drawn himself unto me. That way I can declare with Jeremiah today, it is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Great is the Lord's faithfulness. I'm blessed today. Everything that I have wanted, the Lord has provided. Everything I have prayed for, he has answered. And even when I was too dumb to pray for the stuff that I need, God reached down his great big hand of provision and put it in the mess of my life, and he blessed me. I got a blessed wife and blessed you. It's not just money. Don't get, don't, mm, it's health, it's strength, it's the right mind, it's the ability to know who God is. It's that that you are not where you used to be, and God, come on in here. Thank you, Jesus. It's not that I'm not where I used to be, but he has kept on working with me over and over and over again. I'm blessed. And I'm going to tell you right now. Here it is. Blessed people are generous people. Father God. Father, I'm, I'm honest with you to say that if where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. If you were to judge me on my bank statements, I'm lost. I've been tipping you. I've been doing my duty. But I have not entered into relational giving where I give not because I'm supposed to. I give because I want to. I give because the Lord has been good to me. If he asked me for everything, I would give it. The reason why I'm not ashamed to give him my money is because he already has my heart. Why did I preach this sermon today? Because God wants your heart. Now I'm going to say something that's going to be offensive to some of you. Because we don't like to talk about money. If he wants your heart, he wants your money. He doesn't need it. (laughs) But he needs to know if you're willing to give it. He didn't kill Isaac. He just needed to know if Abraham was willing to give it. Do you love Isaac more than you love me? And if I'm honest today, this may not be everybody's testimony. When I look at my financial statements, I must admit that if it is to testify as to where my love is, my financial statements do not declare that my love is for God and for the things of God. Some of you are tired of clothes holding you, cars holding you, gambling holding you, entertainment holding you, drugs holding you, relationships holding you. People are draining your account and and people and people have the nerve to tell you that you're a fool because you're a tither and you give offering and you give above and beyond. 
But have I got any witnesses in here that know the only reason why you haven't gone all the way under is because you've learned to trust in Jesus. You've learned to trust in God. It's because you gave. You can't afford not to. Today, we're going to celebrate God, not just with our mouths and with our singing and with the clapping of our hands. We're going to celebrate him with the thing that represents where our hearts are. The Bible says, people worship me in vain, teaching the doctrines of men. But their hearts are far from me. How is it that our hearts are far from you, God? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Today, we just want to say thank you to God. We already know that we return a faithful tithe and offering. Today, God, we want to honor you with a thank you, Jesus offering. For 368, your favor and blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what we're going to do today. We got some, some powerful stuff that you're about to hear. We're going to invite the deacons to lift tithe and offering. Not the 365 days of Christmas. We're going to lift that offering. And please don't be lazy. We're going to set that aside separately to give at the end of the testimonies. We want this to be an act of worship, not an act of financial transaction. So we're going to ask the deacons, they'll come and just lift the tithe and offering. Elder Cox, if you will come at this time. And then you're going to hear some exciting things and we'll close our service.